This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. And welcome to your Monday. It is July 4th all across the United States of America, our Independence Day. And we have a special show lined up for you today. We'll be speaking with the creator and host of HistoryAuthor.com, our very own Dean Carianis, who is our history, I suppose he's our history correspondent here on Boston Early's Rush Hour. We'll also be speaking with Audrey Pruitt, who is the CEO of New Journey. Dot org, and you'll have me with you. July 4th is a special day, of course, our Independence Day, as I mentioned. And your host, to be quite con- uh, honest and candid, doesn't really celebrate July 4th. Huh? Huh? You're supposed to be a conservative. Why don't you celebrate? No, I don't. And I'll tell you why. And please, please, please hear me out before you don't knee jerk me on this. Because I know what it sounds like. I don't celebrate July 4th because July 4th is white folks Independence Day. Oh, no, you're going racial. No, I'm going history. I am so proud to be an American. And I will always be proud to be an American. Always. But I also am cognizant of our history, and I love most of our history. Um, July 4th, I was watching Adams. I was watching the miniseries, I think HBO, it's either HBO or one of the others, uh, does the historical dramatization of John Adams' life. And it takes you through the very beginning of the American Revolution until the Declaration of Independence and our w- was born. That's our separation from England. Now, at the time, I think we should all just admit, for many people in America, there was no independence at all. And so I acknowledge that. I am an African-American. I acknowledge that. But at the same time, I am extremely proud of what America is. America is the nation the nation on earth that has brought more freedom to more people than any other nation in history. And if you go back to our founding as a country, America was responsible for shifting the world out of monarchy, where monarchy was commonplace into the kind of republics and democracies that we see over the world today. And this is something that every American, and I am very proud of America for that. So yes, I acknowledge a bit of the racial history that went to America. And by the way, you say, so what do you do? Do you celebrate Juneteenth? Not really. I don't. But I love people that do celebrate July 4th. And I get it. And I get the, 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 the feeling that a lot of people have. 
for July 4th as being such a special day in American history. I think, personally, the day that the 14th Amendment was passed was America's true birthday because that is the day that some of the, when I say the birth of America, the birth of America to where all men were created equal was at least a constitutional, a constitutionally recognized concept on that day. But I don't want to belabor all of that. Again, I love people to celebrate this day. July 4th is the nation's birthday, and I acknowledge that too. This is a little personal idiosyncrasy with me being honest with myself and with the way that I think about and view the world. Now, I will tell you what. I think also that this July 4th, all of us American citizens do have something to celebrate, and that is that this July 4th, after 50 years of the American government supporting federally federally recognized genocide, it is over. The Roe versus Wade decision that the Supreme Court issued this year to me represents a rebirth of American values. Now, I know that there is so much anger from the left about this particular legislation that it might not seem like a rebirth to many, but this, this gives us a chance to at least explain to our federal, our citizens, why the Constitution is important, number one, because these matters were supposed to be settled by the states. There never was this right to privacy that the liberals on the court said there was. This was a made-up concept so that there could be a political outcome to, to a problem that liberals wanted to address. Now, this court decision this year has returned the United States closer to its constitution. And that is a thing that we should all celebrate. And it also allows those of us who believe in the sanctity of life to explain to our fellow citizens why that concept is so important to us. You know, one of the things that I have said often, and I'm going to keep repeating this as we go on, because it brings home this issue to many people on the other side is liberals and Democrats would tell us that a turtle egg was more important than a human being. And what do I mean by that? A turtle egg on a beach to liberals represented an endangered species. The egg itself. Once the turtle laid the egg and covered it with sand, liberals would demand that no human being could walk on that beach near where a turtle egg was. They, they went out, volunteers put flags around locations, stay away from this location, stay away from that location. If you live in certain parts of the country, you weren't allowed to keep your lights on because it was feared that those lights, once the hatchlings came out of the egg, the lights would attract them to land, and they would never go to sea where they had a chance to live. So liberals recognized clearly that life began at conception, at least for the egg, the turtle egg. Now, for human beings, what did they tell us? Oh, no, 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 that thing is just a clump of cells. It's not really human. Now, isn't that a curious argument as well? Because when when the Democrat Party, when liberals brought the world slavery, that's also the excuse they use. Oh, those people, they're not really human. They're not us. They're not like us. That is the argument that Planned Parenthood used. That is the argument that Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, used. Those people are not like us. They're not really full humans. 
they are not to be accorded the same respect for their lives that we have for ours. No, in fact, they're a blight. Let's get rid of them. That was the basis upon which Planned Parenthood was built. This ruling by the Supreme Court, this very important ruling, says that human life is valuable. Human life in the womb is valuable. And if you go back to the other arguments that have been predominantly made by the left, women say, it's my body. You have no choice what goes on in my body. Now, a few curious things about that. That argument, of course, didn't extend to vaccines. The very same liberals who hands off my body, hands off my body, were the same ones walking around telling all of us we have to get vaccinated or else you have to lose your job. Never mind, you didn't know what was going in your body or you felt that it shouldn't go in your body. That didn't matter. They insisted you put a vaccine in your body that was rushed to protect through production without the usual testing that these things have to go through. But that was okay, you see. And the argument that I've made to that is you have every right to decide what goes on with your body, but you don't have the right to determine what happens to another person's body. And that being, that human being living inside of you is another person. It is not you. It is not your body. It is their body. And at least we should give it the same kind of reverence that the left would give a turtle egg. So I think that this July 4th, we have something really special for all America to celebrate. And that is that America has once again turned its face toward He's going to say the word righteousness toward righteous behavior and that we recognize the sanctity of the miracle of life that our creator has bestowed upon all of us. And that is truly something special and truly something that we should be thankful for. There is one other case, and I've been speaking about this for a few days now. There is one other case I've been speaking about for a few days now, and that is this case that some people consider to be, quote-unquote, the biggest threat to democracy since January 6th. That is the case that the Supreme Court is going to take up Moore versus Harper. That case, very simplified, would give power back to the state legislature's not the courts, to determine how elections are run in their states. And that, by the way, comports with what the Constitution of the United States actually says, that it is up to state legislatures, not the courts, state legislatures, to determine how elections are held in those states. That's called the Independent State Legislature Doctrine. And the court is going to take that up in the next session. And by the way, that is something that liberals fear because it actually places the power closer to the people. It places the power with their state legislators, not with the federal government. And that is truly something that liberals fear. And ask yourself this, why do they fear it? James Golden, Bo Snerdy here with you on WABC Talk Radio 77, New York. Remember, Cats at Night comes up next. And remember, you can stream WABC anywhere in the world Not just on this July 4th holiday, but every day of the week, every day of the year. Go to WABCRadio.com and get our app. We're coming back right after this. 
It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snerdley. Rush. On 77 WABC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snerdly. Rush. Now here's Bo Snerdly. Welcome back to your July 4th weekend. This is Bo Snerdly's Rush Hour on July 4th. WABC Talk Radio 77. Steve Winwood brings us back. Higher love. us i guess dean you're going to be our resident historian dean <laughs> carianis who is the proudly yes who is the creator and author of the i'm sorry the creator and host of historyauthor.com you're also a columnist with the new york sun among yes, other sir. yeah and we worked many years together dean was one of the producers with rush limbaugh for many many years and Dean, always a pleasure to have you with us. Well, it's always a pleasure to speak to you, James. And I could just listen to your voice and Steve Winwood all day. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we are on July 4th. I mentioned in the monologue, which you didn't hear, that I don't really celebrate July 4th. To me, it's White Folks Independence Day. But I love <laughs> the fact that we celebrate it as a nation. And I love the fact that and we have so much to be proud of in this nation America and America changed the course of the world. And this was not an easy thing to arrive at this, this declaration of independence. Why don't you walk us through some of the history that led up to that moment, Dean? Well, for me, I don't know when all of people, when Greek people celebrate independence day and I come on here because you can pronounce my name and I go to the New York sun because they could spell my name. But for me, you're right. We leave all of that behind. We ignore what comes before the hyphen and as much as we can. And we try to just focus on the American part. And hopefully we look at it and we say, these were flawed people just like us. They get together and they do something that had really never been done before, certainly by, not by a group like this. And I know that there was Athenian democracy before. And if people want to check out the Greek prime minister's speech before the U.S. Congress last May, celebrating the 200th anniversary of the rebirth of the Greek nation, throwing off the Ottoman Empire. That's, that's really an inspiring place to start because our founders started there when they did this declaration. And what's amazing is there were men of means. They were men who had economic security that was really unknown in the 18th century. And yet they they risked it all. When you hear that line or read that line about our lives, our fortunes, our sacred honor, honor meant a lot. But hey, money means a lot always in any era. And they were willing to willing to risk it. And they lost a lot of it. And none of them ever turned, no matter how much the British pressured them. They declared independence. Benjamin Franklin has that line about we must all hang together. Otherwise, we shall most assuredly hang separately. They sign it, do those 56 men, and there were, of course, no African-Americans among them. There were certainly no Greeks among them, because if you think John Hancock's name was big, then me trying to put all those vowels in there or somebody like me would have been even harder. But it was something very inspiring. Uh, here, Jefferson writes it, of course, and today we can't hear Jefferson's name without thinking of Sally Hemings and thinking about the slavery side of him. But he produces this amazing document. He talks too much. Congress goes and hacks away at his writing. And any writer can feel what he says, that razor blade. He felt like he was being cut physically, called them their depredations. They, they make 86 alterations. They, they take 500 words out. They leave only 1,337. And think how those 1,337 word, words, as you said, changed the world. 
and they they made everybody aspire for that. They even inspired Greece, which is the birthplace of democracy, later in 1822 to throw off the bonds of the Ottoman Turks. And there, I, I, I can certainly understand when I look back and I say, I remember listening to Rush and when he talked to Zev Chapitz, he spoke to you when he was writing his book about Rush and Army of One. And he came to Rush and he said, you know, I was just talking to Snurdly. And he said, you know, he doesn't celebrate July 4th. It, it, he just doesn't have that connection for him. And don't you understand that? How an African-American might not look at the founding of the country as something glorious. And at the time, I remember Rush said, well, he thinks that it's time for people to get past that and to focus on the genius. And I don't know. I mean, I come from a people that we still call Istanbul, Constantinople, right? And that, that was in 1453. So I'm not about to tell anybody that they can't hold a grudge, you know, and that during that war. No, it's not. In- see, see, for me, Dean, it's not a grudge. It's just an acknowledgement. My people are Americans, too. But these Americans were not allowed the same rights. My dad wasn't allowed the same rights as other people's dads in this country who came to this country much later. So this is not a grudge against America. I love America. All this is is an acknowledgement to my bloodline that my bloodline, That people like me, like my dad, who served this country in World War II, who served this country in the Korean War, did not have the same rights as maybe your dad, who immigrated here later at some point, or other people's dads who immigrated to this country later and would bestow those rights automatically because of the color of their skin. It is not a grudge. It's just an acknowledgement. And I do celebrate America. And, and, and it's not something that I should get over or will ever get over. It's just an acknowledgement of history. Yeah, well, as I said, it's not, it wouldn't be my place, too. Maybe I'm just projecting because the, the Greeks, I would, I would say, it's, a, it's <laughs> after a certain point, like that's a bit of a grudge. And you have April uh, 1822, you know, people being sold into slavery. And for me, uh, one of my most inspiring pictures is looking at the Archbishop of the Greek Orthodox Church marching with Dr. King. And he says exactly what you're saying. He says, I marched because I came from a country that I wasn't even the second class citizen. I was third class. Wow. And I can see looking at it and saying, well, you know, there's something that you have to respect and remember. And so I guess grudge, as as you're saying, isn't the right word. And this is making me smile, but also nod my head, because these are the conversations we used to have in the office around the the EIB network. And I, I miss those very much. And I always treasured them. Because it reminds you to step out. And that's what that's what independence should be about. It's about declaring your independence, but also uniting all of those different people and laying the groundwork to eventually be able to overcome differences, to eventually be able to abolish the slave trade first, and then slavery eventually, of course, in the great conflagration of the Civil War. And it's interesting that Lincoln valued the Declaration of Independence even over the Constitution. He was more inspired by it and felt that that, that, that was what he wanted to implement. He wanted to implement its promise. And so that that's what I think of when I think of the Declaration of Independence. And when I say, if somebody feels, hey, I, I can't just, uh, it's great that you consider me an equal citizen now. We've had a black president, but may, maybe I want to remember that and keep that in my heart and say, hey, at the time that did not apply. And you, I will say also, it's important to tell people this this wasn't born of something recent. You were you were feeling this way way before it was cool and, and they made Juneteenth the holiday. This is something you've always felt in your heart. And I think it also says something about the kind of organization that we had and the kind of team that Rush built that we weren't forced to agree with everything and, and observe everything and march in lockstep. And that that's something that I wanted to mention when I brought that up because that was really true. And it is really important. And it's important to America today to be able to say those things, whether it's whether it's about the Declaration of Independence, something at once upon a time would was sacrosanct. You wouldn't have been able to say what you just said, but at the risk of your own life, or if it's something that, that's politically incorrect today that the, that the other powers are, are trying to stop us from saying. So I think that's really important to tell people and share with them that they can say, hey, wait, stretch your mind a little bit and say, this guy loves America. He's a patriot. You're a national treasure, James Golden. And you. yet you feel this way. And you know what? You know who else I think it may 
Look, when I when you look at the Adams, which I just did, the Adams uh, um, documentary that that's out there, the life of John Adams, Abigail Adams was such an amazing force and had such an amazing intellect. And so did yeah. so many other women in America. And yet they will remind you, too, they did not have the right to vote. They didn't have they didn't share equally in America's promise at that point. And now, of course, they do. And this is the beauty of America. Whatever it was, look, there is no nation that you can look at at the face of the earth, on the face of this earth, that has had a perfect nation and a perfect history. And I guarantee you every major nation on this earth also has their share of horrors. But America is the nation that gave us the self-healing document that over a period of time, we could correct our flaws. Over a period of time, we could become a better people. And over a period of time, we could live up to the promise that was articulated at our founding and the, the promise of America that was articulated at our founding. There is no better promise for the world's government, as far as I'm concerned. I did an interview recently. It's my current one, and it was with James Phillips, who was all the way down in Sydney. And he wrote a book called Two Revolutions and the Constitution, how the English and American revolutions produced the American Constitution. People can go watch it on YouTube or they can just ask their Alexa to play the interview or go to iTunes or what have you. But I quoted one of those John Adams quotes where he looks around at the guys with him. And just like any office or any organization, you say, he says, we don't have men equal to the times or deficient in intellect. We're deficient in everything. How are we going to pull this off? And yet they do, and they give us those tools, they diffuse power, and they make it possible that people can affect change. And what do, what do they say to create a more perfect union? They don't say it's perfect at the outset. They don't come in like the communists and just kill all the old people, the old guard, and, and slaughter the Romanovs and say, oh, hey, it's perfect now. We, we have utopia and just do what I say. They, they lay the groundwork for future posterity, as they called it, for all of us to take the tools that they gave us and try to create a more perfect union. So I, that, that's what I'm getting from what you're saying is the, is that you're able to, you're able to look at that, whether you're you or me, wherever we started, if we started on the bottom rung or we started a few rungs up the ladder, still able to access those tools and try to make that more perfect union. And I think that's what we're doing right now, every day. Exactly right. And no, let me tell you something, make no mistake about it, anybody. I am so proud to be an American. I am proud of this country, and I am proud of the people of America because we, no matter what differences we have, look, even the left in this country, many of the left, I won't say all of them, but many of them share our aspiration for a more perfect union. We just go about it in very different ways, but the aspiration, I believe, among the rank-and-file Americans is the same we want our country to be more perfect. We want to live in a place that's fair for people, that can give prosperity and a good life to its citizens. And we, I am so proud of this country and what we've been able to do and how we've been able to change the world. And I'll give you the last word on this, Dean. Well, to me, I hope everyone enjoys it today. I know that you're a vegan, so you don't go to barbecues, maybe as part of the reason you have an easier time uh, this weekend. But you don't have to have anyone shoving a hot dog into you. But I just hope everyone remembers the spirit of 1776. It's, it's uh, my column in the New York Sun, hopefully running right now. You can go check it out. And just remember, everyone has a place. When Howard Dean said that flag doesn't just belong to Rush Limbaugh and Republicans, we never think it does. It belongs to all of you out there. We want you to join us. Bring us your ideas, your talents, your intellect, your ideas, and let's all work together to create a more perfect union for the next 240 years. Couldn't have said it better, Dean. Thank you, my friend. God bless. Thank you. Rush. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly. Bo Snerdly. On 77 WABC. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snerdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly. Rush. Welcome to your July 4th. Uh, you ready, Steve? I'm ready. How about you? Before we bring in our next guest, Audrey Pruitt, okay. a little music interlude especially for you. Hold up the light. Say the word from God. 
Is he whining? It's time for all of us to claim that God can trust to take a stand. And Whitney Houston. To let our voice be heard across the nation. Every man, every man. If we are the light, it's time for us to fight for what is right. He must work one in his day. Oh, yeah. Before the fall of night. Voices crying, young people dying. Don't know when to run. So I'm asking, take sacrificing time for us to come and hold up the line. Say the word. Say the word from the dead. July 4th here on WABC. It's Post Nervy's Rush Hour. This is Whitney Houston along with B.B. and C.C. Wyman. Hour here on WABC. That's a portion of this, a very, very special song to me. BB and CC Winding, along with their friend, the late Whitney Houston, Hold Up the Light America. And one of the reasons, Autry, that I love this song so much is it puts America in the context that I think many of us want to be the light of the world. And uh, welcome, Autry Pruitt. How are you this afternoon? I'm so glad to be on board with you, James. Uh, I agree. Not only does it put us in the context of where we want to be, but it still puts us in the context of where we actually are. More than any other country, individuals scrape, claw, throw their babies over the fence just to get here. And they still do that. Exactly right. And uh, by the way, they're doing that in very large numbers. Well, they don't have to throw their babies over right now because Joe Biden has just opened up the border. Hey, come on in. Get your welfare here. Get your welfare here. Come in. Get any benefits. Get your health care here. Get your welfare here. Come on in. We won't screen you. Anybody can come. Open to one. Open to all. That's the current policy of this administration. Archie Pruitt, you are the CEO of newjourney.org. It is, full disclosure, a group that I founded. And thank you, Autry, for doing the day-to-day management of this organization that has done so much to help all Americans access the free enterprise system that is America and to access their power as voters. Uh, What do you think, Autry, about the latest Supreme Court rulings? How do you think that impacts the country how, where do you think America is right now? If you had to grade America, where uh, do you think we are as a country right now? Uh, where America is in comparison to where it was or where it was headed is probably a C plus, a strong C plus, not a B or an A. Uh, the latest rulings have gotten us closest to there, but the fight is still ongoing, right? So let's take the gun ruling where Uh, Justice Thomas, in his majority opinion, wrote that um, everybody should be able to carry, right, everybody reasonable should be able to carry uh, a weapon, and that a sheriff or some kind of cop should have to approve you as a need, because you don't have to show need. It's in the Constitution. It's uh, a right. But now you have states 
that are individually trying to enact other types of barriers to curtail that right. Uh, for example, um, they will remove funding from the bureaucracy that issues the permits just to slow the process down. So they can only issue 100 permits uh, a month. The rumor is that in New York City, right, your home where, where WABC is located, um, they're actually toying with scaling back the permitting function so strictly that they'll only have one to two people three days a week to process the applications. So by natural, by, by, by nature, organically, you won't be able to get yourself a weapon for protection. Um, well, I these think, efforts, Autry, I think are going to fail because they're going to be going right back to the same court that just made this ruling. And one of the things that uh, Hochul, the unelected governor of New York, said that she wants to do along with her Democrat cronies is to enforce a law so that you cannot take a weapon into businesses unless the business has in writing, guns are welcome here, guns are welcome here. I mean, this is the kind of sheer stupidity that these people are doing while at the same time, while at the same time yeah. releasing criminals out of jail so that they can prey on innocent human beings that live in these blue cities. Well, James, there's the, yes, you're right. It's the sheer stupidity. But unfortunately, she has the law in her back. And remember, I used to live in Texas, right? In Texas, there's a statute that they actually passed. I forgot what it's called. But basically, as a private business, you can display a sign that says, um, no, uh, no firearms allowed. And the, the, those businesses don't have to let you in their business if you have a firearm. And if you're carrying a firearm in that business, you violate the law. So there is some precedent for, now obviously these, these were for uh, bars, these were for, actually bars are currently legal texts, but for tobacco, for high traffic places, et cetera. But there is some precedent for New York California, et cetera, to subvert the law. At the end of the day, the legislative function is going to have to do it. The people are going to have to demand that uh, their rights not be curtailed, right? And, rem and, I, and I say this, even though they're going to end back in that same Supreme Court, think about how long it took Casey to get to the court, how long it took Dobbs to get to the court. This was the abortion cases that I was about to touch on, right? It, it, it took forever for get those questions. So even if they get another, if they get a state to push back, by the time it winds its way through a federal court, trial court, appeals court, in, in bonk appeal court, and then gets Satori, if it gets cert for the SCOTUS, for SCOTUS, it's a long ways away. And our justices aren't all that young. I mean, Clarence Thomas is not a young justice, right? So, um, and there's some weeble wobby there. I know we like Gorsuch, we like Kavanaugh, but there's some weeble wobby. Well, we saw right? that when 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 the Roe decision. Let's talk about that. When Roe yeah. and Casey came out, the other justices were quick, including Alito, who wrote the opinion to say, "Hey, hey, hey, hey! Don't worry. This is just for Roe. We're not going to try to look <laughs> at any of these. Other no, no, don't panic. <laughs> don't panic. It's just for Roe." And Clarence Thomas put a put a pin to that <laughs> balloon. And said, hey, uh, guys, we need to be looking at uh, all these laws that have this yeah. flawed thinking. And they lost their cookies. Oh, they did because Clarence Thomas essentially said, listen, you're basically saying that abortion as a right, as a federal right, is not in the Constitution. And making up these wholesale rights because they enumerate or, or they have shadows from the Constitution is gone a bit too far. And once you decide that, then you also have to look at the Oberfeld decision, which is the homosexual marriage decision. And then you have to look at Lawrence v. Texas, which is the sodomy decision. And then you can probably go back and look at Sebelius. Uh, that was the Obamacare decision, right? That uh, Roberts was sided with the liberals. Uh, so he said, once you look at this and say this in principle, then it applies to all these other decisions. I think Clarence Thomas is right. If something's unconstitutional, it's just unconstitutional. And we got to force our politicians to have the argument and make the decision. These politicians are lazy. They're lazy. All they want to do is sit on CNN, Fox News, the media. All they want to do is jibber jab, talk all day, every day, talk about the mama, talk about your mama, but they don't want to actually do any legislation. 
you realize most legislation you live under is made under the bureaucracy. It's made under the executive branch. There's a rule you have to follow. And because oftentimes the rules only affect a small number of people, there aren't enough, like for example, right, an EPA rule only affects 10,000 folks. Well, that's not enough to really make a change. That's not enough to get a constituency together. Right now, the reason why the left failed with abortion is because that rule affected 50% of the population, actually affected the entire population. But normally the bureaucracy can get away with passing some kind of rule or some kind of legislative procedure that, that, that affects such a small, minute people that mm. there's no constituency there to be able to push back. America, this July 4th, America is great. We continue to be great. But what made us great? Independence. That's what we have Independence Day. It's not just because of our independence from the revolution, but think about it broader than that. What made us great was individual independence. It was the notion that you as an individual could do what John Locke said. You could take your blood, your labor, your sweat, your tears, mix it and make something and do something and make it happen. And as long as it did not get interfered with by uh, somebody else in terms of you were trying to hurt someone else or you were on somebody else's land or somebody else's property, as long as you were by yourself and the only people you were affecting were you and your family, then you could do 99.5% of whatever you wanted to do. That's what makes us great. Not bureaucracy, not government. Audrey it's the land Pruitt. of the free. Audrey Pruitt, you are on fire. We have to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have a little fun. I pulled a song out from Paul Shanklin. This is one of the songs that we used to play on the Rush Limbaugh show that Rush used to play. We used to play Having Fun. And we figured we'd bring back an old memory on Independence Day. Uh, you'll be with us when we come back, and we're going to have a little fun. Audrey Pruitt, the CEO of NewJourney.org, NewJourney.org is here on this Independence Day Boston Early's Rush Hour. Handling legal matters is stressful. So, let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com that's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. On 77 WABC. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. A little fun here on July 4th. This is from the archives of Russia's show, Paul Shanklin, We Hate the USA. If tomorrow all of this were gone, the American way of life, and I had to start again, well, I'd be sure to ditch my wife. I'd thank my lucky stars, who needs the USA. Yeah, that flag didn't stand for nothing. I'd be proud to be a Canadian, cause at least their health care's free. And I'd rather be an Iranian, cause they all hate Bush like me. And I'll gladly stand up for legals too, and defend their right to stay. Cause there ain't no doubt we hate this land. We hate the USA. Snurley's Rush Hour on WABC, our July 4th. Well, we all like Minnesota, but I still hate Tennessee. I could have become president, but they didn't vote for me. Well, there's not much uh, that we recognize between New York and L.A. If there's any pride left in the American heart, then it's time we stand and say, hey, hey, ho, ho. But I'd be proud to be a Canadian, 
Ingested, suggested. I, I think everybody know that already. Yeah, we do, actually. Don't you? Yeah, we do. James Golden with you. And we have the CEO of NewJourneyPack.org. NewJourneyPack.org. Archery Pruitt with us. That was a correction because I've just been saying New Journey. NewJourneyPack.org. Hello, Archery again. You know, age. Hello. Yes, bro. <laughs> so glad. So glad to be back with you on a wonderful Independence Day. So glad to be with you. Now, we have some, uh, we still have a midterm coming up, Audrey, mm. and this Roe versus Wade thing, the Democrats are all excited because they think that's going to be a big driver for them and maybe salvage their election season. How do you see it? No, I don't actually believe that Roe v. Wade is going to be a big driver for them, other than there may be one or two or three races that were close in, like some seats they might have been hoping to flip in Illinois, uh, like the Illinois 10, uh, maybe a couple in California that they were hoping to flip. Those may, those may give the Democrats one or two points. Uh, but overall, I don't actually think Roe v. Wade is going to have that big of an impact. Ironically enough, I actually believe January 6th that farce of a hearing could have a much greater really? impact. Really? Come on, Audrey. Yeah. No one I, is paying attention <laughs> to that except for no, hardcore that, Democrats and a you few know Trump what? haters. I, I, thought, I thought so until I started looking at reputable polling groups, not left-wing nut jobs. Reputable polling groups are starting to show some real concerns among uh, independents. And it's because... It's, it's because of this. Remember, most people go, they get media flash buys, right? CNN flash buy, MSNBC flash buy, New York Times flash buy, right? And all the flashes are Trump is wrong. This person, even though that lady Hutchinson is not credible, right? Not credible. They still get the credible parts. They don't get the parts that people don't know. So Here's, I. Audrey, by the I, time I, November rolls around, this January yeah. 6 hack partisan kangaroo court Soviet style banana republic hearing is going to be long out of the headlines. They can't just keep this up forever. And even if they do, it is to mm -hmm. me, by the time we roll around to November, there will be other things that definitely overtake this. I think Roe was their, is their big shot. If they can't turn up their base under the Roe decision and the Casey decision, and, by the way, this EPA decision, because the EPA, limiting the EPA's power, has every environmentalist wacko in the United States upset. This is like telling them that their religion has just been hampered. Start messing with the EPA. So yeah, I, you, you have a point. You, you have a point. I forgot about the EPA decision. You're right. I think of all three, perhaps, I just don't. The reason why, Roe, if you look at the, I'm looking at it in terms of a narrative nationally. If you look at it nationally, most people actually agree with Florida, like agree with DeSantis, right? Okay, right. 14 weeks, 15 weeks, that's it. Most people do not agree with Illinois, uh, California, and, and New York, which basically say, oh, yeah, when you see the baby's head, you can chop it off when it crowns. Ooh. I mean, that, and that, by the way, I mean, that's not hyperbole. That's literally, it's disgusting. Most of the country is not there. That's why I actually think that most people say, eh, my state's doing 15 weeks or whatever, right? I, I, I just, I think they're, the problem is this, their base is in those states. So what is the one thing that could drive perhaps some individuals, now I know you come from the Rush Limbaugh School, so when I say independence, everybody gets shaky. But polling-wise, I'm just looking at the numbers, right? I'm just looking at the data. And the data is telling me that in actuality, people are getting – and this is the thing. It's not going to be about the January 6th committee. It's going to be about all the stuff that the Democrats roll out in the – like against uh, Dr. Oz, for example, the Trump-endorsed Oz Senate candidate. I actually think all that crap with January 6th, they're going to try to pin Oz into a corner. 
Yeah, but look what else and they're pinning. But Autry, gas prices yeah. are still record high. We still have a baby formula crisis in this country, whether it's acknowledged or not. And we don't know whether those supply lines are going to be well, fixed by November. We have inflation running out the door on every single thing that people try to go and buy, whether it's food, whether it's whatever services they're, they're doing. All of this stuff is not going to be forgotten. Right now, Joe Biden, as we speak today, has the low, I think his approval rating is somewhere around 38 percent. But there are only 14 yeah. percent of people that think he's doing a good job with the economy. I well, mean, well, listen, I agree forecasting. If the economy is worse, right, then I think you're absolutely right. But I'm going to I'm going to go on a little bit of a hedge and say that the Fed and some other things are going to try to they're going to try to swing this economy back as as much as possible, or at least get it back towards a good trajectory in 2024. Right. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about 2020. Now, midterms, uh, you know, midterms, I think you're right. I think that midterms, uh, EPA, they can gin up basically Illinois, California, Connecticut, New Jersey, New York. All the states where they can gin it up is where they're going to gin it up. And that's um, their base. And I don't think <clears throat> if they just hold to their base, I think that what they're uh, facing is a worse midterm election than Barack Obama's first midterm election. You you might be right. Over 700 seats, the Democrat Party across the country. You you might be right, particularly for this. I'm looking what the state that I'm looking at is a bellwether state for me is Michigan. Right. Trying to see Michigan has been more consistently blue. Trump flipped it a little bit and then it's moved back to blue. And that's where we want to see. Does Michigan move more to the right. Does Michigan move more to the right? And if Michigan moves more to the right, then um, I then I would I would see that. But we're, people forget, you know, people forget these elections, even in bad economies, were not won by huge margins. They were still won by one two percent. That is certainly true. That is certainly true. Audrey put. Okay, some of the work that New Journey. Pack.org does very quickly so people know where to reach you, Autry. Um, right. We're right now we're doing the work of just going in and notifying black Americans that you can vote. You don't have to be Republican, but you can vote for a Republican. Right? That has to be the message. We're talking about getting people elected, right? You we don't you don't have to be a Republican, but you can vote uh, for Brian Kemp. Because Stacey Kemp is part of a party that says, yes, we want to consciously abort black babies because the mother is poor. We want to consciously say, fathers, you have no. And by the way, this is the problem with the whole situation. When you abortion is the most pro-male policy I've ever seen. It is the most pro-male policy I've ever seen. 